All right. Thank you so much for joining us. So I'm Nicholas. I'm the resident philosopher today. What's your name? My name is Ronnie Ortiz. Nice to meet you, Ronnie. I'm so excited to talk. So uh, I'm going to start with a kind of annoying philosophy teacher way, and I'm going to ask you, right? Mm -hmm. So the theme for today is art as cognition. And I'm ah. going to ask you what that means. Like, oh, you know, what, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when, when you hear the words art and cognition? Well, it's actually kind of funny because uh, so I... I came from Houston not too long ago, and mm -hmm. I'm doing my MFA at NYU for Amazing. creative writing. Cool. And I have a class that's called Ekphrasis. So basically what this concept is, is transcribing art into poetry. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, one of the first things that we talk about art and cognition is how you can see like a painting and sort of be, uh, how can I say this? Uh, this your vision gets like disrupted mm. or you you feel some type of way but you don't know exactly why you feel that type of way yeah so when whenever you talk about art and cognition i just think about hmm. maybe your reaction towards a certain image and what that cool. might bring into your subconscious cool that's yeah. very nice i like that yeah, yeah. i mean because art arrests us right it kind of yeah. stops you in your tracks yeah because it does um, traditionally, mm -hmm. the way art works is it's supposed to be a kind of unique artifact, right? Like whether yeah. you're hearing, you know, we're surrounded, we're in the middle of Bryant Park, we hear a lot of noise right now. Yeah. And if we were to suddenly hear, you know, someone playing like a violin or yeah. someone, you know, singing, that would kind of cut through the noise, right? That would yeah. it'd be like our brain would have to kind of rewire and be like, oh, like what is this like different kind of sound? And same thing with like a painting and stuff, yeah. right? So that's, yeah, I think that's a really interesting way to start thinking about it, right? That, like, to understand that power as, like, as kind of cognitive, right? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different kind of brain activity that art kind of pushes you into. Right? Yeah, and it also depends on what type of art you're talking about, right? Because yeah. art can be many things. That's true. Like, art can be music, art can be writing, art can be paintings, art, you know, yeah, performance. Exactly. I don't know. And they all can work in different ways in this way. And the interesting thing, interesting thing uh -huh. I said earlier, like, right, like, that's the, the way art works is it arrests. But there's a lot of art, especially in, like, you know, the past, like, century or so that's tried to, you know, modern art, contemporary art, that's kind of tried to fight against that. So you have yeah. art like, you know, like Duchamp's ready-mades, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I was in... Um, at uh, MoMA like uh, uh -huh. a couple weeks ago and I saw his shovel right and so it's just you know his uh he found a snow shovel and kind of hung it like on the wall and said great that's art yeah but like when you see a shovel you know that doesn't arrest you right you don't have that kind of experience of like whoa like my I have to like stop for a second and look at this in a different way yeah. it's just like an item yeah and so it's interesting that a lot of kind of contemporary artists are trying to not push against but like pick at this notion that art cognition works in a different way. Well, I remember a couple of years ago, there was an art exhibition. I can't remember where exactly, but there was a banana that was hung. Yeah. In a museum. Yeah. And then somebody took out the banana and ate it. Yeah. And then another one was placed in. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I mean, it just depends, right? It's, it's on your perception of what, what is art. Exactly. And, and I, also, what is an artist? That's true, because usually when we end up saying, trying to decide what art is, we end up saying, oh, well, art is something like made by an artist, right? So there's this yeah. philosophical thought experiment called the Swamp Table, mm -hmm. um, and the idea is, 
So we have this concept of these things in the world called artifacts. Yeah. Right. Artifacts are just all the things that humans make. Right. Yeah, so a tree absolutely. is not an artifact. Right. But a poem Correct. is an artifact. This tent we're in is an artifact. Mm-hmm. So what happens if a table, like a normal table, you know, that usually humans make, there's some like bizarre chemical uh, reaction in a swamp somewhere, and all of a sudden, boom, like a, a table bursts into existence. Uh-huh. Right. It's a, it's the same kind of thing that is typically an artifact, yeah. but it's not. So, like, the example I used, like, last time um, when I did this, um, Talk Pops, was I said, you know, what if what if it was the Mona Lisa, right? Mm-hmm. We, the, the whole point of the, what makes the Mona Lisa, as, you know, this brilliant work of art yeah. is that it was made by someone, right? Like, some yeah. genius crafted it. Yeah. So, what happens if, you know, this is, there's a swamp and just all these chemicals just happen to miraculously come in the exact way that sparks a reaction and all of a sudden this thing that looks exactly yeah. like the Mona Lisa painting is created? Is that art? Yeah. Uh, you know, interesting thing. Foucault said something that was sort of similar yeah. about that. Yeah, and he does. It, he's talking about what is an author, right? Exactly. So, like, what if, like, Shakespeare actually never existed? And we don't really know who wrote Shakespeare. Yeah. Would that change our perception of, like, his plays and everything exactly. that was involved? Like, or the Don Quixote or, like, all these literary things. What yeah. if it was somebody just... Nobody knows. Exactly. No, that's a so, great... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So, like, I don't know. It, it, it messes with your mind, right? Because then yeah. he sort of says that we're just kind of like... It, everything just sort of becomes kind of like this database of things. Mm. And when you talk about art, like, if from the beginnings of uh, history, let's say the paintings in the... Uh, uh, I forget how to say this in English. No worries. But it's uh, the... the Pyrenees, the Pyrenees, yeah, 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 yeah. like the cave paintings, you yeah, know, yeah, because yeah. I mean, supposedly those were meant as a type of communication, but nobody really knows exactly. So we like, have no context. We have no context, but it's art. Exactly made by, I don't know, I Made by who? Made for why? Yeah. Right, and because that's also a thing that will distinguish yeah. like art from non-art. Right, we say. Okay, so we have these things called artifacts, right? These things humans make, but humans make things for different reasons. Yeah. Right? And so a kind of common notion in philosophy of art, and you may be familiar with this, mm-hmm. is that the notion is the notion that um, art objects have to be different kinds of objects than other objects. They have to be made for different reasons. Yeah. So if I, you know, make a vase, I just I'm a master potter and I decide yeah. to make a vase and I make it in order for it to be beautiful, right? I want to yeah. create this beautiful object then people would say, okay, that counts as art. But, you know, if I'm, you know, a factory worker, that when I work for the factory that turns out identical, you know, mugs for Walmart or something, yeah. and I'm making the exact same mug, I'm not making something to make it beautiful. I'm making a utilitarian object yeah. that's just supposed to be bought and sold to drink coffee. Yeah. And no one would say that that's an art object. Like, some people might. Yeah, some people might, because if people are not exposed to that, then they will see it as something brand new, something different. So for them, it would be art. Yeah. And that... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so it, it kind of like that saying, like, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Because what might be a masterpiece for me might just be garbage for you. So, yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. And that gets us... That circles us back to, like, the kind of main topic for today, right? Uh-huh. Which is, like, this cognition aspect, right? Uh-huh. Because what you said, you know, you said that someone who, like, doesn't know the context of, you know, a white mug 
right? Like yeah. I, I just have in mind, like you know, those boring white mugs where there's like a dime a dozen. They all look exactly the same. Yeah. And if you've never seen any of them, you have no idea how they're coming. Yeah. You're gonna have a different aesthetic experience of it. Of course. And the reason is that there's some cognitive, like you know, knowledge base that you don't have access to. Right. Exactly. It's a kind. Of, it's it, what that shows us is the link between perception yeah. and cognition. Right. Between these like higher order levels of cognition. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And this is something that's talked a lot about in philosophy about right. Like, in order to experience art as art, in order to have these reactions, these beautiful kind of experiences of beauty. We need these kind of higher order cognitive faculties that human beings have to categorize things around us, right? Yeah, correct. We have to be able to like gain information about our environment, kind of gain a get have a database, yeah, in order to be able to recognize, you know, conceptually this thing as an artwork, and then yeah. the argument goes yeah. have an aesthetic experience of it. Yeah, and you th- so would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree with it. I think uh, that was kind of like Dali's whole thing, right? With surrealism, yeah, like, yeah, uh, especially he was very influenced by Freud's theory of dreams. And yeah, talking about the subconscious mind. Exactly. So basically, uh, what, uh, however you inter- interpret his paintings, that's a reaction to your inner con- subconscious. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and it was it was quite interesting because I I I've seen a lot of his artwork, and he puts he was he had a fear of grasshoppers. Really, I but, did not know that. But he always there's grasshoppers on his paintings, and because he, he's afraid of them. Yeah, huh, that's funny. There, there's a, um, there's a painting that's quite interesting. It's called The Great Masturbator by okay. Salvador Dali. <laughs> okay, and it's him like just in that moment of ecstasy, mm-hmm. and there's a grasshopper. Interesting. It, <laughs> it just it's like so he's bizarre. being haunted by this yeah. like thing that scares him. Yeah, that's yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fast thing. Like, yeah, surrealism is interesting. And I get, that kind of gets back to the stuff I was mentioning earlier when we were discussing earlier about kind of recent art mm-hmm. kind of being interested in and kind of wanting to trouble yeah. these very kind of standard ways of thinking about art, right? Because yeah. what surrealism ends up doing is... So when Dali says something like that, when he says that, like, you know, my work will reveal as much about you as it does about the work itself, right? Yeah. It's going to reveal your kind of unconscious, your kind of cognitive kind of landscape. Of course, of And course. that's very different. Like, people did not used to talk about art that way. Like, you yeah, know, no. in, in the classical periods, like, art was not about, like, kind of you. Yeah. It was about the beautiful object. Oh, yeah. But right? I think as, as modern, uh, more modernist painters came to, you know, the scene, yeah. they were sort of more interested in deconstruction. Exactly. Like, exactly. You see it in Picasso with cubism, right? Yeah. So, like, instead of having this uh, grand object or an object of fixation, everything's just sort of like uh, de-arranged. Exactly. From its original context. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, exactly. And then it just becomes sort of more abstract as the years go by. Because be- then you see like a Pollock painting and it's, not even attempt to like there's no there's no name for like what this thing is. It's yeah. just a kind of sheer like color and movement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's like that's that's supposed to be a kind of challenge to like your cognitive capacities. Like yeah. how do you appreciate and that kind of again gets us back to the way we we open things, right? Cuz what yeah. you said was that art arrests you, right? Like the whole point of like a kind of uh, seeing like an artwork is it kind of cuts through the noise, so to speak, of like yeah. our normal perception and like kind of troubles things. Yeah. 
But what happens when the thing that's cutting through isn't something you can understand, right? So Apollo, you know, the, the nice thing about a kind of classical landscape or something uh-huh. is when you see it, you're like, whoa, that's beautiful. And you go over to it and you start studying it and you're like, I know, you know, you, I notice all these cool things. Like, you know, when I, I remember when I was a yeah. kid, I would love to like, when I would go to the museum, I'd love to like go to like the big landscapes and try yeah. to like, you know, see all the little details and like, see like, oh my God, like, look, that guy has a dog. And, you know, yeah. like those people are playing like the flute. That's so cool. And like, that was the experience. But you can't do that in front of a Jackson Pollock, right? You can't no. be like, oh, like, look at this little detail. Look at this little, like, you know, mm-hmm. because it's kind of like, it's abstract. Like, that's yeah. what abstract means, right? Yeah. And that makes it, that, that creates a kind of very different kind of cognitive experience. Yeah, like, I remember, uh, so for class, for this class that I have, mm-hmm. um, we have to go look at museums and we have to, like, sort of take a picture of the painting and then write poetry from that. Cool. And so... For this week, I had to. I went to the Met, and okay, then well. I saw a picture of Mark Chagall. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then uh, it was called the Lovers. So, okay, but uh, it was interesting because the bodies were sort of like interlaced, mm. and the faces were kind of like disfigured. Yeah, it was a bizarre painting because then there was a window open, and you can see like Russia from outside, <laughs> and then and there's this like bright red desk that just uh, sort of stands out. Interesting. And then there's like a weird sort of chicken-looking animal. <laughs> <laughs> we call them the chicken at, uh, in the class, but, but who knows, who what, knows, it who knows <laughs> what it was. It, it could have been a dove. Like, uh, from my understanding of Mark Chagall is that he, since he was Jewish, yeah. he put a lot of Jewish elements into his paintings. Yeah, kind of a lot, and, a lot of symbology. Yeah. yeah so uh, Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it could have been a dove, but we call him the chicken. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's more fun. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, what I like about what you just like were saying, you know, among other things, was that yeah, like there's this kind of decoding process that you can yeah. kind of do with paintings, right, or, or with work of art in general, yeah. right? You know, and, and again, that kind of gets to like what we were saying earlier, right? You can't really do that with a Pollock, but you can do that with a lot of other kind of artworks, and that seems really important that you can be like, you know, not not only with artwork, but the your mind your mindset, yeah. Then you can, you sort of like come. You come from this ideals, right? Like they tell they tell you from a very young age, work hard so you can get the house, the, <laughs> the American dream, the American dream, yeah, yeah. the dog, and everything that you want, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, but then you come sort of to like an age of understanding, especially you guys studying philosophy. Yeah, <laughs> and then you sort of come to decolonize yeah. that idea uh-huh. or that mindset. Yeah, because it's like, okay, is is the American dream really alive? Is this really what it's meant to yeah, be? Yeah, yeah. Is this really art? Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, no, that's really great. And what you're, what you're like, like, there's a lot in there, which is awesome. But like, uh, the first thing I think of when you say that is like, again, like the kind uh-huh. of theme here is yeah. is not just. I know, and I know this is you uh-huh. know, uh, uh, something that you know I know Dana works on and a lot yeah. of like great philosophers work on is the question of like. Can can art and philosophy do the same kind of thing, right? You know, mm. can they do? Which is to say, can they both perform this kind of role that you just sketched out of kind of deconstructing well, your thought? Right? I think I think they can because in a way, well, philosophy. What philosophy does, it makes you think about everything. Exactly, right? it makes you, know, you question everything. Yeah, we make we you we question things through the Socratic method, and mm-hmm. we go back and forth. We try to dig in deeper. Art. Uh, Art can do that, 
But I think for art, it just has to like really get a strong reaction from you. Like it has mm. to do a strong uh, emotional reaction. Because people do, sometimes you can present an argument to somebody, and they're like, "Okay, they're like that's right, that's cool." But, but like, I, who yeah. cares? Exactly. You know, like especially now because we live in an age of assertions. Yeah. So that's like, true. if I if I think it's right, it's right. Obviously, like yeah, you know, exactly. we had a president that did that, did that like, exactly. just fine. Like he he just asserted himself. So, yeah, like propositional arguments just don't have a kind of the emotional force. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but. It's it's that sort of thing what you learn when you're in high school ethos pathos yeah, logos yep, you, yep. but you put a little bit of the ethos yeah you know, and then everybody's like oh yeah like so that's that's, that's great it's it's hard like you know like it, it just like if 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 we can get uh, to people's emotions I think they're able to understand yeah understand this better because sometimes you know people don't really care about things. Unless, until, until they like see they see the suffering, yeah, is yeah. that whole ca- catharsis, yeah, right? That's why the the, the Greeks, yeah, 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 going back to the Greeks, throwback, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a throwback, yeah, yeah. So, so basically, the hero is always going through some shit, right? Like yeah. the hero always gets the short end of the stick. Like we have to feel bad for the hero, yeah, and then we we sort of feel like uh, close to the hero because of that, yeah. Because Definitely. you feel sympathetic towards him. Yeah. But otherwise, you wouldn't it care. Wouldn't, it wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. If, if he just did everything like it was easy, then you wouldn't care. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got the signal that we're out of time. But okay. I just want to say real quick because, uh, yeah. like, yeah. So it sounds like to sum it all up, what we've reached out is this idea that, like, yes, art is cognition. Art, art can perform this kind of conceptual um, role that philosophy plays, but it's not just cognition; it's also kind of emotion, right? Yeah. And so the interesting thing is, could philosophy ever? Could philosophy be like art in that way, right? Could philosophy ever combine? And I guess well, yeah. so we do have to r- end things, yeah. but that'll yeah. be that's a cool thing for us both to think about, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it could be. I mean, once you get into the metaphysics, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like, it. Kind of sounds like a science fiction novel. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thanks for coming in. Thank you.